0: Our scripture reading comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 12. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away and you comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was growing up in Sunday school, we were, just as our children here are, encouraged to learn scripture and elements of the Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, all of the important things that one must know. I remember one year, I think it was somewhere around the second grade or something, I experienced the art of of holy bribery. We were asked to memorize two sets of things. The first was all of the books of the New Testament. And the other, a little bit more difficult, was that we would recite one Bible verse at Sunday school each week for a year. And and I thought ahead. Of course, I probably asked the question, can I recite the same one each week? But the answer was no. I had to have a new one each week. And for each of these two tasks, when completed, we would get a nerd's rope, a candy rope, working our brains off for a gummy rope with nerds stuck to it. But it might sound silly, but I did not just want those two nerds' ropes, but I needed those two nerds' ropes. I had heard a song of the New Testament books, so that one would be easy. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Letters to the Romans. But the one verse per week for a whole year, that would be hard. That one would take some strategy. So conniving me thought I would organize all of the shortest verses of the Bible and learn them from week to week. But it went, it went even further than that. I memorized a few of the very shortest verses of the Bible, John eleven thirty five, 35, which you might know as Jesus wept or Jesus began to weep. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Luke 6.31, do to others as you would have them do to you. I memorized these quickly, but they weren't for, for use early on. They were stored up for weeks where I did not have time to learn one or forgot to learn one or, or whatever it may be. A little bit of a rainy day storage. The p- funny part of all of that is that I outsmarted myself in two different ways. For one, I miscalculated the number of weeks and when all of a sudden we got to the end of this year long journey, I had not used those short verses that I had in my memory bank. And the more humorous part than that is that I thought that I was so slick and sneaky as I spent hours learning Bible verses so that I could get one nerd's rope. This week, out of curiosity, I looked up the cost of a nerd's rope. On Amazon, you can purchase 24 nerds ropes for $14.40, meaning that that one nerd's rope that I strived so hard to get cost them roughly 60 cents a piece. I thought I was being super conniving when I could have just wandered around a grocery store parking lot and mustered up enough change to buy multiple nerds ropes. Though the payout now does not seem worth the effort, the real payoff for that holy bribery continues throughout my entire life and ministry. Knowing that Jesus wept is not simply trivia knowledge for what's the shortest verse in the Bible, but it is a reminder that fully human and fully divine Jesus had those raw human emotions. For when Jesus found his friend Lazarus to be dead, he did as we humans do. He began to weep. Then he did as we humans are unable to do. He raised Lazarus up from the dead. When I remember that Paul instructed us to pray without ceasing, it is not just a short verse for memorization, but it is an instruction for the first piece of our membership vows that we commit prayers, presents, gifts, service, and witness. One might ask, how much should we pray? Well, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. So make prayer a lifestyle. We do not encourage young children to memorize scripture so that they become pious little databases, but scripture, especially when it is short, can inform our lives. Brevity is a magical gift from God. Our scripture reading today comes within this category of holy brevity. Isaiah 12 that only six verses, is one of the shortest chapters in the Bible. But like John 11.35, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and Luke 6.31, just because it is short does not mean that it is not filled with spirit. It is absolutely scripture that can guide our faith. The founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, often preached remarkably lengthy sermons off of a single verse of scripture. I'm sure many of you will be happy to hear that I am practicing both brevity of scripture and sermon this morning. A while back, as we were planning for this worship service, James, our music director up here, asked me which scripture I would be preaching. And I told him Isaiah 12, and his face lit up like a kid at Christmas. Slightly confused, I asked James, Why are you so excited? And James responded, That is one of my very favorite scriptures. It is certainly my favorite psalm in Isaiah. I already know that there will be good music that day. And, man, has there been? It's all been fantastic. When we think of songs or hymns of the Bible, we often just think of the book of Psalms. Last week, Jay preached on a wonderful, powerful psalm Psalm 100, a great hymn that instructs us to make a joyful noise all the earth. The book of Psalms contains 150 hymns of different styles and meanings, so the odds are pretty good if you're looking for a hymn in the Bible, it might be in the book of Psalms. On the other hand, there are hymns or psalms that appear outside of the book of Psalms as well. The song of Moses and Miriam in Exodus has been an iconic hymn for centuries of Jewish people as they remember their deliverance from captivity in Egypt. You might also remember those around the throne in Revelation are singing, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. People have been using song to praise and express themselves for as long as humanity could form words. One thing that I have learned, both from Sarah Beth's work as a speech language pathologist and from our respite ministry, is that there are many people that have lost the ability to speak and remember, whether it be from Alzheimer's, dementia, stroke, or aphasia, that although they have lost the ability to speak or remember, they can still form the words of some of their favorite songs. Music has that lasting power on our lives that spoken or written word often does not. Isaiah most certainly knows this as he pens the six verses that come out in this song. Now, it is easy to make a joyful noise all the earth, When things are going swimmingly, when all is going well at school and the A's are plentiful and you have been good, as we heard a few minutes ago, it is easy to make a joyful noise to the Lord. When you get a promotion or things are going well at work or business is booming, we have no problem making a joyful noise. When things are going well with our families and everyone's healthy, making a joyful noise is easy. When friendships are abundant and enriching and bringing you life, making a joyful noise is easy. And when your team has won the day before, well, that might be the easiest time to make a joyful noise, give thanks, and praise God. When things are going well, praise and thankfulness to God are easy to give away, although it is often the easiest time to forget to give that praise as well. Praising and giving thanks to God can be more difficult, though, when things are not going the way that we've envisioned them. When you cannot envision a future that fills you with hope, praying is easy, but praise and thanksgiving can be tough. That is what the prophet Isaiah is speaking into the scripture through song in this, the 12th chapter. Isaiah chapter 12 here is the concluding chapter of the first section of Isaiah. It almost serves as a benediction to what happened in the 11 chapters that came before it. At the beginning of Isaiah, Isaiah 1 verse 1 begins quite bluntly. The vision of Isaiah son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Promising start. Throughout the chapters that follow, Isaiah tells of the grave social injustices that have been committed by the people in Judah and Jerusalem. How they have not been neighborly. How they have fallen short in their covenant. Isaiah, as Isaiah prophecies of the fall of Jerusalem in 587 BC. Isaiah 514 says the nobility of Jerusalem and her multitude go down her throng, and all who exult in her. In chapter 6, we see the famous call of Isaiah that gives us the chorus of one of the greatest hymns of the faith, Here I am, Lord, one of the most uplifting and empowering hymns that we have, a hymn where we proclaim our desire for God to send us out as disciples. The part of chapter 6, however, that we often overlook was the part where God instructs Isaiah on how to lead the people. Isaiah responds by asking God, how long should I do what you have asked me to do? And God responds to Isaiah, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is utterly desolate until the Lord sends everyone far away and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Yikes! Some damning prophecy with a few glimmers of hope mixed in is what leads us into chapter 12, our scripture today. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away and you comforted me. As Isaiah is speaking this scripture The bad events have yet to really come. But the best way he sees to conclude this section of prophecy against the nation is by giving them this psalm of hope, this psalm of comfort. Although the Assyrians will overtake them, they are still to look to God for comfort in these trying times. Why? Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy, you all will draw water from the wells of salvation. You will say in that day, Surely God is my salvation sing praises to the lord for the lord has done gloriously god is with us in the past the present and the future salvation through our lord is an incredible thing we have been exposed to salvation through the prevenient grace that god has gloriously given us since the beginning of our lives The three babies that our congregation welcomed into the world this week, they are experiencing God's grace and salvation on their lives right now, even though they haven't a clue, but they will be fine because they have all of you to teach them. God is also our salvation presently. In this moment, we are experiencing God's love and comfort. No matter what is going on in our lives, we can rest assured that as Isaiah speaks, God is comforting us. Even when it feels as if God is angry with us, our transgressions never lead to an anger that transcends God's comfort and love. But sometimes our faith is not perfect. Surprise. Sometimes we know that God has loved us and comforted us in the past, but the present is not going the best for us. We know that God is with us, but it is hard to see. Times are tough. Our faith is not perfect. God is showering us with grace, and we know that, but we feel dry. We feel alone. For that Isaiah gives us the future tense. We are given hope. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Even when we find ourselves in the desolate exiles of this world, we rest assured that through the Lord God, our strength and our might, we will find that God is our salvation. God will comfort us on any of our difficult roads ahead. God is our holy comforter. God is our friend. God is our caregiver on the road to salvation. As I've spent so much time with this scripture recently, many songs, maybe because it is a song itself, have raced nonstop through my head. Two, however, have been, in my head, a little more nonstop than others. One of them, a hymn, and one of them, not a hymn. Both serving to be voices of hope and comfort in times of trial. Toy Story has sent many of its viewers through all of the emotions that this world leads to. But there is one song in the famous series It is almost channeling God's love for us here in Isaiah 12. Although not a song of worship by any means, I can't help but hear it and think of God's love and comfort. When the road looks rough ahead, and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said, You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Whether it be the minor trials of this world building up out of control, or if there is just one big thing that you cannot shake, God has been with you. God is with you but most importantly, God will always be with you. For in that day, we will drink from the well of salvation. The other song that has been nonstop in my head, the words of a famous hymn forever ring true. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean For God will always be your salvation. When darkness is present, just remember, with joy you all will drink from the well of salvation. You will all draw water from the wells of salvation. To the glory of God. Amen.